This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains no spoilers, but brief mentions of The Vampire Diaries and The Plated Prisoner series. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are re recording <laughs> a very special episode with our wonderful friend, Amber. Welcome back, Amber. Thank you so much for like your patience with all these tech issues that we've been having and just finding time on the calendar again with the craziness. Hi, I'm Amber Nicole, and I'm here with my best friends to talk about my book coming out this March, The Book of Asriel, and there's my dog. Hi, Puff. And welcome back. This whole episode is we recorded a couple months ago. There was some technical difficulty and Mm -hmm. we're not going to even try to replicate that episode because there's just. Yeah, no, I don't know. It was crazy. It was, you know, it's probably as chaotic as we are as a group. So every podcast has a lost episode. So that just adds to the lore. Yeah. I solidified (laughs) my place in your world. You you absolutely have in our hearts, in our minds, in our podcast, yeah. everywhere. So Amber, please, um, I as I told you earlier, um, Jess and I have gone through your Insta and your TikTok, a very <laughs> very deep dive, and have um, taken notes on everything about your book. So mm-hmm. how about you tell us what you are comfortable with for your book, and then um, we we will just go we will go from there. Okay, so I have a synopsis that I have for you guys, because if not, I'm going to get derailed, okay? At least I'm (laughs) honest. Um, But pretty much, um, it says, for thousands of years after the gods' war, uh, the ether world has known peace, but soon that too will change. An old enemy driven by revenge slowly builds an army behind the scenes. Temples are ransacked in search of an item long lost, and enemies since the dawn of time must put aside their differences if they have any hope for survival. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate you. I love it so much. Okay, so um, main characters. Tell us about your mains. So I have three main characters in the first book, but you're only going to see the perspective between Diana and Leah. Um, that's the two protagonists. That's the two love interests, so forth and stuff like that. Um, my third is Caden, which is the main bad guy. Um, and you'll meet him, see him, hear about him and stuff like that, but you don't really get his perspective until later on. Um, but, uh, pretty much Diana is this headstrong, fierce, you know, the, the thing we love about strong female characters, um, and her story pretty much, you know, without spoilers is, you know, a thousand years ago, um, there was this plague type deal that swept through like her desert home where she lives. Um, in order to save her sister, she ended up giving her life to this creature and or person, um, <laughs> um, in exchange for her sister's life and, you know, skip ahead 
she's been with this person, she's working for this person. Um, and over the years, it kind of escalated to them finding this book. Um, and so that's kind of where we start off at. And so in Diana's mind, she's like, yeah, sure. You need me to do something? That's fine. You need me to beat someone up for that? That's cool too. Um, whatever you need, I'll do it. Um, as long as like, you know, my sister's okay, et cetera. Not thinking that, hey, maybe if we're kind of searching for something that headstrong and that long, something's going to be the problem. Um, so in this whole discussion um, towards the beginning, it's like, you know, why do we need this? Um, it's not like anything is alive after the gods were that could like, you know, do us any damage. All the old gods are dead. Um, JK, no, they're not. There's one left. And that's where we meet Liam. Um, he is hot. That fan art yeah. that you have. I mean, I worry like I, I usually always go like, I don't even say, I feel like it's going to be between Liam and Caden. People are going to be split between or like, I, but they're so, they're all so good. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be two and I'm like, Caden's so bad. And then I'm just like, Oh God, but I know people love the villain. And I'm like, okay, but how villain we talking? Because we've got some, <laughs> we've got some problems. <laughs> so now I feel like with your synopsis and even the first chapter kind of that you shared with us, mm-hmm. Do you consider Deanna a like a female main character who's a villain? I feel like she's more morally gray because from what we do know, she and like and what you've shared publicly, mm-hmm. she has this everything that she does is for the love of her sister. Yeah, it's for a reason. Right. So I don't feel like and I haven't read the book, but I just I don't know if it's <laughs> yeah. fair to to paint like her as a villain kind of thing. Based on what we know so far. Yeah. Um, I like to think of her as my Catherine Pierce with a twist. Love that. Because she has this mentality where she will do anything to survive, but it's not in a self-centered way. It's for like the love of like her family kind of thing, you know? So there was a, a tweet or something I saw and it had a list of like, it named like morally gray anti-hero and you know, like all this stuff that goes into this detail. And I was reading over that and I was thinking, you know what? I feel like she is on that cusp of, morally gray slash anti-hero where in her mind it's a good cause to keep her sister safe but at the same time she's not thinking of this catalyst effect that's happening of what she's doing you know what i mean kind of like with loki yeah it kind of has like that um kind of twist to it i guess a little bit yeah so it's like i'm doing something good in my head at the same time it's like is that a snowball effect that's going to make more problems? <laughs> we'll see. Because her only focus is the sister, is Gabby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants her to be happy. She wants her to have a life. She wants all this stuff. And it's attainable as long as she does what she's told. That's going to, I feel like that's going to, I mean, yeah. like with anything, you try to tell somebody to do what they're told after so long, there's going to be mm-hmm. pushback. So it was definitely interesting. Amber, I have a question for you. And my question is, mm-hmm. uh, you have written this uh, very strong, like, female MC. Uh, can mm-hmm. you can you tell us maybe how or why? Like, is this, are, are you writing a character that you have wanted to see and haven't seen in literature? So you said, I'll do it myself kind of thing. So with Diana, it's a little bit of both. It's... One, I love the strong female character who doesn't because like to read about it is so much fun. Um, I've read about some before anyways. Um, and what I've talked to you guys about before, like one of my favorites growing up was Elena Michaels from the Bitten series because it's like she's 
this this female werewolf kick-ass badass stuff and like you know i've also read about cat from um janine frost books which i love her books vampire series she's like this half vampire slayer badass type and so i loved reading about it and seeing it um and so of course i wanted to have my own like version of that as well too but at the same time i wanted someone what that was still strong still had her flaws still had like reason why she did something or like this you know, moral compass. Um, but I still, I wanted to see something where, you know, we don't, and this is not a spoiler because I've preached this from day one. We don't see her like lose her powers at the end of a series kind of thing. You know what I mean? And that's a trope that you hate too. It is. I know. And people are like, but it's a good reason. And they did it for love and this. And I was like, yeah, but why, why can't you have, have to both? Be a thing? Yeah. yeah. Why can't you have both? And a lot of the books like that I've read, like I said, the cat one or the junior frost ones, like you have both of these, like, badass characters where the male you know the, the guy's strong and like you know she's strong and they just work together and it goes that way until the series is over and it's fun and i just didn't see it anymore really and i want to so i did it <laughs> are there any other tropes that you have that you can share with us that are in the book um i have the one bed trope there's like a twist um, I have the, of course, enemies to like lovers. Um, but I feel like, yeah, it's enemies to lovers. Can I say mortal enemies to lovers? Because like I said, these two creatures have been clashing since the dawn of time, you know, which you'll find out later. But, um, so I have that one. Um, found family is another big one I have in there throughout the whole series that I love. And that's just for book one or for the series? Mm, that one's for book one. Okay. Yeah, the one that kind of goes throughout it, I guess, would be like more like found family type thing. But yeah. So what was it like? Uh, and this is a question that I've really wanted to ask any female author. Uh, what was it like writing um, a man? Um, it's fun. I don't is know. It, yeah? It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Because like, I guess with the books you like, the, you like you guys have read or I've read before with different multiple POVs, like you can kind of see how it acts at the same time. And of course they think differently, but at the same time, it's still fun because I feel like in this book, without giving stuff away, I feel like I relate more to Liam than I do a lot of the other characters because he is the like last living God. Like I said, that's his whole spiel, but that comes with a lot of responsibility that comes with a lot of looking after people, taking care of people and stuff like that. And like, um, I can interpret that because I feel like I do that in my daily life with like my job or like my family life like that. So I really kind of bonded to that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So, Amber, could you please elaborate on, let me see, I, I want to know, like, the priority of, like, questions that I want to ask you. Um, <laughs> there are so many characters. I'm worried that I'm going to, yeah. like. Oh, yeah, I know. That's fine. I got you. Just mess no, with me. We, You'll uh... never bother me. <laughs> let me know. Well, because Laura and I were also, like, going through the Shadowhunter series, and apparently there's, like, over 20 books and novellas. So when you were even sharing that whether mm -hmm. this, is, this isn't necessarily going to be wrapped up in three books and you might have mm -hmm. a little bit more creative freedom, yeah. I was like, good. We need a series. Give me, mm -hmm. like, I, as much as, like, standalones are nice, like, I love, mm -hmm. and I'm yeah. sure, I know I'm not the only one who has, like, loves to formulate attachments to different characters, mm -hmm. and then you have so so many. That's I love that. Mm -hmm. And you can follow them. You yeah. could follow them and then you can follow like right. yeah. I feel like there's just so much representation that your readers 
somebody is going to find themselves in one of your characters mm-hmm. and that's and so. they're, they're all going to be badass whether it's like yeah. they're good or evil or just like mm-hmm. personality traits of like why we yeah. do the things like the psyche behind some people i feel like mm-hmm. someone's going to re- relate to w- at least one of the characters i hope so i hope they relate to a lot of them honestly because they were fun t- i mean they're fun to write and there's so much story that i couldn't put it in three books it's way too much but I definitely can see them having side books for sure. So, okay, that 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 is kind of an answer. That's kind of an answer to like my question. And my question was going to be, um, tell me about the process of world building and how, like where like there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of mm-hmm. fantastic names. Like how how did we get there? Like how did we get the world building? It takes a while. So this book has been in the process of being done and out to the world for like three years or so. And so the world itself, like I have outlines, I had stuff that I'd written and like a lot of it within the last year kind of developed more thoroughly. You know what I mean? And so, um, honestly, I, that's how I keep track with everything. Like you have to think about not just when you're making up worlds, but like the rules for that world and the magic system. And not that my magic system is going to be like this in depth, like, you know, Lord of the Rings style, because I just, I don't know. I feel like my book's more like romance with a huge fantasy subplot kind of thing, kind of mixed in. Oh, okay. I was going to ask that. So like there is a magic system. It's easily definable. And so you won't sit there and like rack your brain and stuff with it. But um, you have to think about like the rules of the world and like, you know, there has to be limitations with anything because a lot of my stuff I kind of base off science in general because I'm a science nerd. I don't care. Uh, And so there has to be like a give and take. And so like, for example, if you overuse, you can burn out. Not that it goes away. You know, like I said, I'm not taking anyone's powers in some way, but like there has to be like a limit. And there's also has to be a limit when it comes to if you don't use it all, you're just, you know, like how like anxiety or like stress and stuff build and build and you can kind of spill over. And so I have that playing into fact as well too. So um, there's just a, like a lot of little tidbits that you really don't think about until you get further in there, I guess you could say. So I don't know. It's fun, but like it is a lot of work. You've got to have like scratch sheet or something. So do you find yourself going back and editing and then rereading it? Like after you've gotten to like, say if you're like in the lat, like part three, let's say, and then mm-hmm. you think, you you know, you go to reread part one and you go, wait, I met like during the writing process, you're like, wait, mm-hmm. this isn't. There's no continuity here. I forgot all about this part of the magic world or the yeah. world building. How did I get here in part three? Um, not really when it comes to like the magic and stuff or like the like things I can't do. It really kind of caught me off guard in book one where it's like we mentioned something that was big and we kind of talked about it. But then towards the end, I'm like, wait, so-and-so never said anything about this again. Like that's kind of a thing we should probably mention again, but so much was <laughs> happening. So I had to go back and do it and like the editor I have um, that's doing a book now is so good because she's so thorough that she goes back two or three times when she's doing it and like, okay, it still flows. So that makes me feel amazing. Um, but yeah, no, there's something I'm just like, oh, my biggest thing though, I'll tell you is the monsters I have because I have a whole sheet of their names and what they are because I'll go back and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> she did do that. <laughs> so I'll have a cheat sheet. I'll have a cheat sheet. I need to put like on a website and be like, guys, you're not lost. I got you. Well, speaking of like your cheat sheet, are, is there going to be like a pronunciation guide? Cause you do have like, <laughs> yeah, I got some names. I know. <laughs> um, 
Yes, I want to have one. Um, I was talking to the publishing house that I'm with, um, Rosenstar. I want to do like something on the index or something in the book. Like it's something we're still talking about because the physical copies won't be out until like March, you know? Um, and so I'll have it all said and done and set by then. But I wanted like either in the book or I'll have a website link or something for a glossary because it may be easier to do it that way because there is a lot. Um, nothing overwhelming. It's not like you're going to be like thrust into this and you're just like too much, but something to kind of look back on. And a, a, a map. Yes. Yes. I have yes. a map. <laughs> I have a map. Yeah. I posted that on Instagram too and everyone loved it. And I was like, I'm so happy because I'm obsessed with it. Um, but yeah, no, I have a map that'll be in the book mm-hmm. and I'm just waiting for that. I'm so excited. Can you tell me about the process of developing the map? Like what, what, what goes into that? Um, I actually drew it first because in my brain, I wanted to have certain land masses or something. Like I kind of took it from, like I said, I told you, I based a lot of my stuff I have in general back to like science. Um, and so like, you know, here we go on my tantrum, but like, you know, back when the earth was like freaking Pangea before everything separated. I love that you referenced Pangea. That just makes me so excited. That's kind of where we went because like I said, in the synopsis, you know, the ether world was at peace. They were doing whatever they wanted to. And then the God's war happened, stuff happened, landed onto this world. And so everything kind of shifted. And so like the land masses I have are spread out in a certain way. um, And I have them like in their different continents and stuff. And then after that, I just went through and was like, when I was writing the book, I already had the places in names and where they're going. And so when I went back to the sheet, I'm like, okay, well, they're traveling here to here. I want them to pass over this thing. So it's kind of like not really a process elimination, but kind of. So that's why I did it that way. I want to say it's like you're working backwards, but it's really mm-hmm. like you're working in tandem too. On my brain. I don't know. I don't know what's up here. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like this. Just- do you do everything uh, like on the computer? Do you have just like rolls of paper where you just like make all the crazy plot lines and stuff? How, how do you organize everything? I have everything on like my computer or my phone. The only thing I have on paper is the map when I drew that itself because I couldn't like do it on my uh, phone. But I will tell you that I have over 400 notes on my phone itself because it'll be um like say sections of like book one when I was writing it where um I have like a general idea of the chapter and then it's all of a sudden this will like start clicking and I'll just like type it on there and I could use it when I'm at work or like on break or wherever and so I did that I have so much for book two um at the moment but yeah I just it kind of accumulates on my phone goes to docs I use google docs which is really helpful for me because it all saves in the still kind of access that anywhere too yeah, yeah. And i love it yeah and so yeah it's more it's all more like saved on like um my google drive and all that so i don't want to butcher the pronunciation because i haven't said it out loud but the mm-hmm. the the world we have in your book is rashiram 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 uh what can you what can you spill about that what kind of vibe do we have there so i'm a huge mythology nerd it is what it is. So I want to, I've always felt like Reshiram was a mix between like Greek and Roman mythology when it comes to it. Um, even though Roman mythology stole from Greek, we won't get into it. <laughs> I know my <laughs> friends are probably laughing when they watch this back and they're like, Amber, you know, but um, it's, a <laughs> bit, it's a little bit of both um, when it comes to like what they wear kind of thing, kind of like what you would picture 
Um, I really love the whole like huge fountains, gardening type flow. Um, so you have that, but we also, cause I know you guys love it too. Um, think about like how Marvel does, like, you know, when they did like Thor's little world and stuff, how they have mm-hmm. the huge buildings. I have a lot of stuff like structured like that because in my head, they're gods and they're good. They're already girl well over six feet. Um, so everything they have is, you know, large. Um, so <laughs> the euphemism there, Miss Amber. Yeah. Uh, so everything, <laughs> everything is all have. proportional. <laughs> <laughs> all proportional because <laughs> science. Um, so. It's a tagline of the book. Sci- that's it. That's science. actually science. That's it's the episode. Yes. Um, so I have it like that, but and this isn't a spoiler because you'll learn as soon as like you read and stuff, and it doesn't affect the plot at all. But um, Rashiram was more of like the center meeting place, so that's where like Liam and his family and stuff lived. The netherworld is actually where all the gods live. And so that's kind of where, you know, Rashiram was kind of located. Um, and so when they had meetings, when they did whatever, the other gods would come and visit there. And so not everyone lives on Rashiram. That's basically Liam's home. So then, okay, we have the gods <laughs> of Rashiram. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> give, no, give him pets. Give pets. Give, give him pets. all the love. Give he him literally Amber's dog <laughs> is part of the podcast he now. So uh, that's why he's, uh, he wants all the screen time. Yes. Oh, he's playing. Oh. He's like, I can hear them. Tell them that I love them. Ciao. Are you the center of attention? Yes. 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 Just, yeah. Give, give he's, the attention. He's the mascot. Yes. No more. No ignoring. No ignoring. We embrace pets. We never have pets. We never have pets. Chow, you're just... the official pet on the, on the podcast. Yeah, you okay? are. Oh. Oh, that was so fast. All right. So everyone got to see Cal's poop dance. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, I thought he wanted attention, but I think he just wanted to poop. Oh, he's so smart. Better than like having to clean it up. Yeah. Girl, no, that's a horse. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, that's his home world. So, so then, okay, we have the gods of Rashiram, and then you have the guardians of the ether and netherworld. Are yes. they like, the guardians to the gods or is it yes. something completely different okay. yes so um there's a whole phylum um so you have the gods themselves um and then they made the celestials which um that's uh, not a spoiler but um those are their guards or their wardens and like every god has their own like certain set um and the number doesn't it's not a set number so for example liam has what's called the hand um and there's about seven of those um, that follow under him. And our good old Liam um, actually took them one by like individually from different gods uh, because he made these like friends when he was growing up on this planet, you know, becoming king and like learning everything from his father. Um, and so like he formed his own hand and it's like this series of like these great warriors and so forth. So Imogen, Logan, Nevera, Vincent, Xavier, and Cameron are all yes. Liam's hand. It's not, yes. they're not the hands of all the gods. It's no, specific they're all to, under Liam. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And I wanted them to think about it as like, because the Liam you meet is different than the Liam you'll see like in the past and stuff, because um, he was pretty much the spoiled, rich, like kind of like frat boy type deal. My heart, my heart. 
Yeah. And so like these friends in the hand of him were like all the same, like these cocky, arrogant, like fun, like warriors. So they would, you know, if there was something that had to be taken care of or so forth, or like uh, a world that needs saving, you name it, like they would go take care of it, come back and like party or whatever. So like they have this really tight bonds. Um, and that's what I was talking about with like the found family thing. Like that's what I really like them. Their family first more than he ever, he never treats them like subjects or like kids warriors kind of thing like it's all like inflated prisoner uh oh yeah oh my god by the way i love raven um but yeah kind of like that kind of like that that's like it's just like they're very trusted people that he handpicked and it's like very okay yeah it's very it's very found family um so yeah and you'll see when you read the difference because not all the gods were nice and so not all of them treated them like they were something. They treated them if they wanted to like objects. It's like kind of like, like I made you thing. You kind of do what I have to say. And so you'll see it's just a whole different style when it comes to ruling. Um, and that's why a lot of them wanted, were happy when, you know, Liam was going to be the next in line to rule instead of other people. So, but yeah, it's pretty fun. I love writing about them. Uh, tell me about the creatures that the gods fear. This is the Ig, I don't want to say the word. You tell me. Um, Ignoranthians. Ignoranthians. Mm-hmm. And these are the red-eyed baddies, pretty much. These, you have, like I said, again, when we talked about phylum, so you have a class before who were described as being big enough to block out the sun. So if you think about, like, Greek mythology and stuff like that, you have, like, you know, um, I can't even think of things. Like, say it's a hydra or something. Like, that would be considered what those would be kind of thing. Um, and then evolution stuff and so forth happen. And you have the ones who can shift or change. And that's where you meet like Caden or Diana. And they follow their own set of like rules and stuff as well, too. They have their own um, people that they follow and respect as well. Um, and so they all kind of, I can't say. No, no, spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. But um, so you have that set. And so pretty much it's, you know, always been kind of them against the gods and you'll find out why and so forth. Um, but um, there's a reason and not everything is always going to be as black as white as it seems. And pretty much that's all. And that's another big thing when it comes to writing in general that I like. It's like, I want people to question everything and you probably will this entire series, which makes me happy. Do you have... A, a a big twist or reveal or is it a story where you're like you kind of it unravels as it goes and it like a natural pit it definitely unravels as it goes there's like i said when it comes back to like just a lot of information because there's a lot of stuff i mean i wanted i wanted people to go on this journey with me like if you were just liam and diana because you know i don't want that I don't think it's the right word to say omnipotent. I don't I think it's, I think I'm saying it wrong, but I don't want that general where you knew everything. And so like, there's a lot of secrets that Diana doesn't know. There's a lot of secrets that Liam doesn't know. And Liam's been around for like five, six, 7,000 years. You know what I mean? Like they're still discovering and we're kind of discovering with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so you definitely get that as you go. And so that's another thing I like too, because it's not everyone knows everything kind of thing. And like I said, it falls back onto Liam's previous lifestyle where, Hey, I know that I'm going to be king. I know I'm big and bad. And I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to pay attention in like study hall or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's no, because like, he has never knew like repercussions to his actions at that point in his life. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have it. He's yeah. And like I said, he is the last living God thing. And he is the only son of, un, um, so Liam's dad's name and my, how I pronounce is Anurir. It's kind of how you have to like roll your R when you say it, but the way it's spelled is just like U N I R. 
Um, and so that's Liam's dad, who is the king of God. Um, and he totally, I, I, you know, I would do it anyways, but he totally gives me like Helion vibes, just the way, like how I pictured him, how he looks and stuff. Well, even in the fan art that in your aesthetic videos for him, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, I love him, but yeah. So like you said, no repercussions and that also, you know, spoiled child which is so fun when diana meets him it's so fun i feel like she's gonna rip him to shreds and put him in his place and i'm so like it's my (sighs) favorite thing ever because you gotta think it's like um what was there was a quote that i love and i think about them when i do it but it's like um and an immovable object meets an unstoppable force. And that's literally the whole time, just like head to head kind of thing where it's like, it's hot. I'm king. I can do whatever. She's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like it's my, fa- that's like, that's how I flirt. That's like my yeah. MO. Like <laughs> he could be the most attractive person and I know it and the world knows it, but I won't mm-hmm. let that person know. I'll like, exactly. I'm like, you ain't shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's terrible. It's an awful habit. <laughs> Even Diana be best friends. It's fine. <laughs> So, Amber, what was, if you don't mind sharing, the most difficult part of just, like, writing writing a book? So, like, is it... Uh, time? I'm just kidding. It, no, but, like, really, because I, I can't imagine doing it and, like, having an idea and, like, making it happen like that yeah. is just so incredible and amazing. And what is, like, the most challenging part of that for you? Um, so I have a few. So one time for sure, because like I said, with me working a lot, trying to finish and do everything, I just don't have a lot of time in the day. Um, the second is, like I said, I do outlines, but still trying to keep all the information in order. And then when you get it out there. So the first draft for me always is just like word vomit. (laughs) That's literally, I'm just trying to get everything on the page. Um, like right now I'm doing book two and there's like three or four chapters I have where it's just strictly dialogue. There's no in between. Because I had to get that out, get out of my brain, get it out of like the page and then just keep going. And it was a conversation, I take it, that you like you didn't yeah. want to forget and you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And I was like, so and like by chapters and stuff, I do titles for my chapters. So you'll got you you'll see when you read. Um, only because not only does it help me remember exactly what goes on in there, but I also just think it's funny play on words, you know? So um so yeah, like, um, and one chapter, it's strictly dialogue because I have to go back and add like parts and pieces, but I knew that that's going to be the main basis. So, um, it's really just trying to keep everything in order. Keep the, you know, I don't want to like jump or skip, which editors, like I said, help a lot, but trying to get that out and everything. Um, and then finding time <laughs> and not being tired when you find the time. <laughs> Does dialogue flow like easy for you or does like world building flow easy for you or you just does everything flow you just have to be in the mindset like what is the process dialogue flows better to me than anything um because i can i can visually see where they're at what they're doing and then like they talk and go back and forth it's more so filling in the gaps and like descriptive was a big problem for me at first but I feel like I've gotten better over time with it because I used to do, I used to write for um, a writing blog itself as well, where I practice more. So it helps. But yeah, no dialogue flows a lot easier, especially when there's banter. I love banter. I could live off of it. The best ba- banter is absolutely. I know. I'm like, I need banter. We read like two books recently that we did <laughs> an episode the other day. And I was like, the banter is missing. Like it's mm-hmm. somewhat yeah. there, but it's not like the deep banter that we've like had in some other books. Like, exactly. I, I didn't realize I missed banter until those reads. 
Yeah. No, I, I, and the thing is, regardless if I have like 12 books or not, the banter will be there, even if they ever get together or not. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to, just, I don't know. I'm I don't want it to thread. go away. You're not even confirming if they're together or not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't ever want it to go away, you know? I think that's like, that's partly so like what people yeah. so in, like enjoy about new. Yeah, exactly. It's realistic because like people enjoy that. Yeah. Relationships don't get stale when you get in them. They, I feel like relationships are more fun when you're in them. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like the people read it, they're like, oh, they're together. So now it's boring. And I'm like, I don't know. There's, I maybe I'm just different. I don't know, but you can have their own like dynamic and stuff to we fall for. They're still going to have problems. They're still going to argue. They're still going to have issues. They just can be together afterwards. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. A thousand times. Yes. Just, oh my gosh. So I have a question since you had mentioned that you're already like word vomiting for book yeah. two. So now that you're focused on book two is book one, like now that it's out of your hands, you know, it's getting published. It's, you know, it's actually happening. Are you so concerned about book one or are you like book one is in the past? Now I got to like yeah. on to the next. Like, I can't think about, I can't focus on that right now. Um, not really. Um, I'm still doing edits on book one. So I'd still bear kind of a little bit, but no, I'm not as focused as I was before. Where I'm like, I have to change this. I have to add this. I have to do that. Like, I don't think about that anymore. I do have some quotes that I have from book one that we use in book two, but yeah, no, I'm trying to get to book three now because there's <laughs> something that happens that I'm super excited for. And yeah. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> is it like this storybook structure that you're like, this is what I want? This is mm -hmm. what I want in book two. Here's like, you know what you want in book three. So now you're like, now I got to build book two to get to this other thing I want in book three. Yes. I literally have everything out planned to like book four right now. Like I have main parts for each book, like such and such happens in book two and then such and such happens in book three and such and such is the plot for book four. So yeah, I have it pretty planned out. So I'm excited. I feel like, and at first I was kind of like, oh, well, how am I going to top that? And I was like, oh. And then I was like, how am I going to top that? And I was like, oh. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to share. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so what can you tell us about, about Caden? Just a, just a little, a little bit more. What do you want to know? <laughs> Everything that you could tell us. I mean, my, my, my goodness. I feel like Caden is going to be right up Laura's alley and I'm going to mm -hmm. be like, Liam. And I know you're not <laughs> yeah. going to tell us about who's the better person yeah. just yet. Um, everyone has their flaws. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So Kaden, um, which funny story, because I just thought you guys said, I tell you guys everything anyways, but Kaden in my head, all I freaking picture is freaking Marcel from the Vampire Diaries. <gasps> I, mean, I mean, original, sorry. I didn't mean to, let me not slander that man. Well, I mean, it's one of the same. They're cross, it's a crossover. So that's literally who I picture. And I sent pictures to Kaven too. And I'm just like, I'm obsessed with this. Like, sorry. I, well, I mean, I know you make the aesthetic videos, but like when we're mm -hmm. like messaging, Get mm -hmm. every fan art i'll be like okay that is now the person who i will mm -hmm. when i'm reading yeah. this yeah. i will go back to like your tip sheet and i don't i don't want to be that person who's like this is who they are in the picture because you can picture whatever you want like right go for it but yeah no so kaden there's not much i can say without spoiling because you have to read it but he's um think of kaden like hmm yeah i don't know he's a baddie he's a baddie he's a bad guy he's a baddie Yep. He, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, we no don't want to be spoiled. No 
He's in control of everything. There we go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So we won't know more information and the public won't know more information until March 29th. So are you, I know you had mentioned paperback. So are you going to have like mm-hmm. the paperback out on the 29th or is it going to be like ebook and paperback? I have to double check and see with my editor, well, not my editor, with like the publishing uh, right. company I'm with. But I know for sure paperbacks. Um, I'm trying to see how many um, advanced reader copies I'm going to get um, because I want to send those out. Um, I do have some other surprises in the work too uh, that I want to send out with them. So it's just a bunch of stuff right now. And I'm just like, what do I do with my hands? But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so and I'm sure ebook, like I said, I have to double check and see. I'm not 100%. I have to double check and see. But yeah. Definitely paperback, and I know pre-orders start in January. So excited! Like putting it on our calendar. Cover reveal January. What? Yeah, I the weeks are flying by, and I'm so nervous, but excited, but nervous because it's like in the world, and I'm like, oh, it is in the world. Are you now that like once you have a pre-order date, and this is just not being familiar with like the like how, mm-hmm. how the publishing process works. Once you have the pre-order date and people start pre-ordering, does that mean your edits stop? Like it's fully like finished edited? No, because you don't read it stuff yet. But I don't have that many more edits left in general. Going to go to betas next, and then uh, go from there. But yeah, no. Once it drops is when it's done, but it'll be done before March in general. But like, um, once it's that March 29th hits at midnight, I'll probably like go recluse. You really can't do any more edits. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll probably just hide from the world and be like, Oh God. But I've already like messaged people I talked to on Instagram and stuff a lot because I'll post aesthetics and they'll message me, which I'm fine with that. I love it. Um, and I'm like, Hey, when you read it, if you just want to yell at me. You can. I won't like block you. <laughs> like, just tell me what you think. Because I know people are going to be like, "No, you didn't." I'm like, Why "Yes, did I you... did." Well, yeah. we post your, we share your aesthetic videos on our stories a lot on our Instagram. I know, I love you so and much. And <laughs> we get DMs like, "Who is this? Who what is, is this book? How have you not covered it?" And I was like, "Cause we don't have it. We, we don't, don't know." <laughs> like, ever, people are really excited and are ready for like something new. Like, not that we don't yeah. like all the popular books that are out there right now but like i think people also want like okay we got all like the quote-unquote like popular books like we Mm -hmm. want something more that isn't something new something fresh yeah yeah and i think like this is what people want like i i don't know makes me so nervous but i'm excited (laughs) no pressure no pressure no pressure no pressure hope you like it uh so you you are saying that like you make aesthetic videos and mm-hmm. and um i i imagine that is a lot of fun and stuff and mm-hmm. and you have correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. fi- uh like official art for liam yes yeah, oh, so yeah. the one picture that i'm obsessed with that i always show um i have a license to use that for the next two years it was mm-hmm. by an artist um Kare, I don't want to say their name on there in the UK, they're UK based, but it was an art that I found and I ended up messaging and DMing this person. And we set up this whole email, um, talked about it and stuff. And I was like, look, this is the closest thing I can find to Liam. Um, it has, cause Liam's biracial. And so, um, he has like dark wavy hair and like these like strong features he got from like his father and his mother and stuff. And like, um, 
like you know the tan bronze skin like he's not just he was in the sun like he's literally poc and so like i was like this is the closest thing i could find to what he looks like in my head you know and so i talked to them and like so you know we signed a whole like agreement and stuff so yes that's liam's face um and then i have artwork that's being done by um some popular artists that i know you guys know from like tiktok and instagram lb yes i don't want to say her name wrong because i freaking love her yeah i know we'll we'll put we'll add it in the show notes we'll add yes. it in the show notes because it was like it was like a like a scene with liam and De- deanna yes and so the thing is is like you know i wanted like just some artwork out there in general and it's hard because like the book's not out no one's read it so you go off like my you know instagram pictures i've made or my aesthetics and stuff and go from there uh, but she did such a good job and i like saw it and i was like oh my god it's my babies because it's literally the whole dynamic is in that picture it's a really it's a push and pull with him even in book two i'm like jesus christ um (laughs) (laughs) and so i really like that i also have some work coming out by talia um which maybe by this time this posted it might be out i may be sharing some stuff but she's doing some stuff for me as well too i've known both of them for a while now on tiktok and i'm absolutely obsessed and i love them i mean artwork immaculate girl i'm just like guys how you don't have millions of followers by now like what is this what is this um but yeah no i'm excited about that oh that's amazing Uh, oh it's so exciting uh you mentioned that liam is poc Mm -hmm. let's can you tell us about the representation in the book and the importance and all of that uh 90% of my characters are POC mm-hmm. and that just falls back onto like my like culture like my heritage and stuff like that because growing up you kind of self-insert a lot when you read books and you do that anyways you know what I mean but I really didn't see like what I wanted to see growing up in books like I wanted to see more of it and not just in that you know role where you know that movies made fun of before like oh here's the token friend kind of thing like you know what I mean I didn't want that like in books anymore you know like I want them to like have a purpose and drive and stuff and so I don't know I just I wrote it like I would write anything like uh it reminds me of my family or like you know events and stuff that we would do and you know bonding so you really have like a you have a diverse cast when it comes to like the gods themselves and then you have a diverse cast when it comes to like the hand um diana and her sister like Caden and like the ones that work for him and stuff like it's really just a mix and a blend and i never wanted it to be i want people to read it and enjoy it but i never wanted it to be something where what is the words i'm looking for i never wanted it to be something where they're like reading it just because they think um oh it's just such and such is represented blah 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 um, no, it's normal. Like it should be normal. Like you should have a, a array of characters when it comes to what they look like, sexual orientation, like you name it. Like it should be how it's how the world is now. Like, I don't know. Say it louder. Say but it louder. Yeah, it's yes, like it's reflective yes. of the world we live in yes. today. So why isn't it being reflected? Why is it not shown more? You know, and so and that's not me being negative to any authors out there who are not doing it or, you know so forth and so on and like i'm not bashing anyone but it's just something that i want to see more of so i was like hey by the way here we go so do it yeah. yourself do it mm-hmm. yourself do it yourself oh we we love that we love that have you had a favorite part of this process um what do you mean 
like just in writing in general? Yeah, like writing in general for the first book. Has it been finding the editor, yeah. finding a publisher, doing it self-published? Was it the world building? Was it finding like the collaborations for fan art? I feel like there's so many components. A little bit of all of it, honestly. Like I had fun. I'm so excited finding like the publishing and stuff like that and knowing that a lot of stuff that I was worried about before is taken care of. So like when it comes to marketing or getting the book out and stuff, like it's not something that's going to be on my head 24 seven kind of thing. Um, and then the artwork. Yes. I freaking love that. Cause it's so strange seeing stuff from my brain, like in out in the world. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. Um, and then writing in general there. So as an author, our writer, they always say, make sure you love the book you're writing because you're going to read it like 700 times. <laughs> and it's 100% true because you legit will when it comes to editing because you go back and back and back. And so there's these scenes, which I'll message you guys once you get to them. Or you, I'm Actually, I know you'll message me when you get to them. There's these things, <laughs> these books that happen and they're my favorite scenes. And every time I get close to them, I'm like, oh, I forgot she does this. Oh, I forgot this happens, you know? And like, it'll go. And I'm just like, God, I really like that. I really like that twist. You know what I mean? Like, I really like this. That's so, like, even after reading it so much, yeah, like, that's like, my so stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. I could go back and read it now. And like, in leading up to that, I'm just like, oh, I forgot. I forgot this. And I'm like, oh, girl. Oh, my. So, yeah. What did I put <laughs> myself through? <laughs> I said, no, she didn't, but she did. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of scenes in there that I'm, that I like. And that's the same with book two. Um, there are scenes that I'm getting to that I'm writing and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, oh, here we go. So yeah, no, I, I don't know. A little bit of all of it. World building was fun. Finally seeing like my map and something and knowing the places that I've always talked about can be visualized now. It's fun. Yeah, I can't think about I honestly the only bad experience I had with it was just me trying to make it shine to a point that I found agreeable because I'm very hard on myself. I'm like a perfectionist. All my friends will tell you that. And so I think that was the biggest thing because I was finally happy with how book one turned out. And I was like, okay, let's do this. I feel like that's the hardest part about yeah. being a writer though, too, is like being your, like your own worst and hardest critic, because no, then it's like, how do you ever relinquish that control to somebody else to mm -hmm. be like, okay, now it's an, and then and like, as a writer, as a creator, as a filmmaker, like just in every like media capacity, cause you're like, is yeah. it good? And it'll never feel like it's good enough. The longer, mm -hmm. especially like the longer you have it, I think the more, wait, just one more edit or another little yeah, thing. Just one more. so many mm -hmm. fine. And then you'll want to add stuff. So this is not in book one. So it's not a spoiler, but I, I have this whole plan or this whole ball masquerade scene. And I don't know if I'm doing it in two or three. But, but it's, it's happening because we love yes. a ball masquerade. Yes, we love masks. We love dancing. We love forced proximity. But I don't know if I'm doing it in two or three. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. You you have you have the plan. It'll happen sometime, and that's all that really mm -hmm. matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, hold on, my dog's back. Hold on one second. What was I going to say? There was something I was going to tell you guys. Oh, um, creatures. I have more than just the ones that I made up. Like you still see like vampires and werewolves and a mixture of like a bunch of other stuff I have made up. So do we so find out cool. what kind of quote unquote creatures they are? Cause like, I know that we have the yes. names of Caden, Alistair, Tobias, and then Deanna mm -hmm. is on that list. But yes. I feel like Deanna was kind of like absorbed as a creature after like over a thousand years. She started off human or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
Caden and all of them are still um, Igmoranthians, but um, like I said, they're the. So how I have it in the book is um, you have like the Igmoranthians themselves, like I've told you, the giant monsters, creatures, you know, from like myth and legend, and then you have the ones who it's kind of like it trickles down like you would with like any evolution. So then you have like Caden them who are like them, but can shift into, they can still shift into those animals or be a bird, a panther. There's quote unquote, maybe a spoiler for you. Um, like they can change shape shift. And then you have vampires, worlds and so forth. So it's kind of like their own phylum where you have the big baddies, you have the ones that can shape shift. And then you have the watered down versions, which are like vampires, werewolves, banshees, like you name it. So it's definitely more explained when you read it. It's kind of a little mix of all. I love that you've given us so much information without spoiling what you yeah. already have <laughs> out here, out there. I think that's the best part. That's not even the tip of the iceberg. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> no, your, your publishers are going to love you that you haven't like, you were like, we basically stayed within like the con- the confines mm-hmm. of yeah. the aesthetics that you already mm-hmm. have posted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, oh yeah. this is fantastic. And you mentioned Tobias and Alistair, which we didn't talk about, but those are the other two that work for Caden. So, okay. Diana's, so, cause like Caden's like yeah. the king of yes. the baddies. Okay. Yeah. Caden's like the king. There you go. There you go. Uh, there you go, Laura. I'll give you that one. He's pretty much like the king of the baddies. And then Diana's first in command, Tobias is second, and Alistair's third. And so they're like the bad guys. And then you have Liam, who's the good guy. And you know, he has the hand, and they're the ones that are like on the ether world now who are kind of like, in control like they maintain balance and stuff so a lot of times the baddies are still bad but hiding um and then you have like the regular normal celestials who just kind of like people with a little bit of extra like oomph a little bit of extra power and stuff so all living in the same freaking world i love it i love it so much um so for everyone listening, uh, Amber's battery is going to die. Uh, so, so <laughs> we, no, it is no problem. So Amber, what, um, so like to, to wrap up, like what, what is your like send off for your book? Like what is your like, you know, pitch my it. This is thing. your pitch. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing and you guys, I swear, you know, I'm a Marvel nerd too. And it's something that they had on the Loki show that recently passed. And I thought it summed up my series in general that no one that is truly bad is ever really bad and no one that's really good is ever really good and that's hook line and thinker for the whole thing so (laughs) that's my wrap up (laughs) like i said i really just want to make people think this entire series so oh and it's (sighs) perfect and and tell it tell us the the title the date tell us all the things um the book of azrael and it's coming out march 29th 2022 it's so exciting so feel free to follow Amber on Instagram and on TikTok. We'll have all her information in our show <laughs> notes. And also feel free to follow us. Um, we'll be continuing to meet and catch up with Amber post-release to just like scream at her yeah. on a on a public platform yeah. so everybody can hear us <laughs> chastise her um, post-release too. We're so excited. Uh, as always, thanks, Amber, for joining us. Thanks for having me. With no technical difficulties. Yes. I know for <laughs> once. I was yes. like, I said, I swear to God, Wi-Fi, if you me over. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. It's perfect. Thank you so much. Love. Thank you. Love. Love. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Yes. Okay. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
So thank you for listening. Make sure you are following Amber on her socials. For Instagram, it's author underscore Amber Nicole. And on TikTok, it's author.amber.nicole. We'll make sure we have those in the show notes. And as always, please feel free to follow us on Instagram. We are Akafe Podcast. And you can also follow both of us on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks and talk to y'all soon.